Welcome back to another fantastic Monday on the Damage Fourth. Me, John Arola, and Francesca Fiorentini, host of the Habituation Room. How's it going? Boo, boo, boo. It's good. Um, thank you for having me back. You know, sometimes, you know, you don't know. You know, after week to week, <laughs> it's only mm -hmm. been four plus five years, maybe. Christ. Dear uh, God. Yeah. Dear yeah. God. It's weird to think that there was a point before we were doing each other's show. How weird. Um, but we're sticking with it. Despite all of the constant negative feedback. <laughs> but anyway, I'm kidding. Anyway, thank you everyone for being here. All of you are here. We're on time. If you think that we're not, check your clocks, people. Yeah, like, you're wrong. what's wrong with your tech? Uh, but anyway, no, obviously the, the internet's a complex place. And um, we look, even the most sophisticated. Uh, organizations like Ron DeSantis' presidential campaign. Remember, when he launched that campaign, he had trouble on X. So it happens. We're dealing with it as we all must. But anyway, we do obviously have a lot of news to get to and less time than normal to get to it. So why don't we jump whenever we're ready right into this thing? Greetings from Florida. The warmth of being home is a reminder why I've chosen public service. I am today suspending my campaign. I'm proud to have delivered on 100% of my promises, and I will not stop now. Winston Churchill once remarked that success is not final, failure is not fatal, it is the courage to continue that counts. While this campaign has ended, the mission continues. Down here in Florida, we will continue to show the country how to lead. By utterly failing. Anyway, I have so much that I want to say come out of that. But um, the, oh, the overall message is down goes DeSantis. He's out of this thing earlier than I think almost anyone thought, as of at least a few months ago, he would be. He's out of this thing. Another way to summarize that is go anti-woke, go broke, I guess. Yes, you took um, the words out of my mouth. 100%. Uh, I, love, I love every part of that. The hi from Florida, hey. I'm in a good mood, everything's going so well for me. It's this really is how here. I thought my life would go, years you know, of planning. When I, I love think it about here. I'm it, so glad to be back here. I never really wanted to be president. I just love Florida so much. I just wanted to come back here. I wasn't trying to flee this swampy hellhole as hard <laughs> as I could. I'm kidding. I like some parts of Florida. But anyway, uh, he's done. He's out. And we obviously have a lot to say about it. Um, the, you know, we're gonna show people how we lead. You didn't lead, you trailed actually the whole time. That was the problem. He made good on 100% of his promises. What are you talking about? You you took in well over a hundred million dollars from donors who were like, oh, yeah. please, this guy will stop Trump. And it was wasted money. You underperformed in Iowa, you had no real backup plan. You've like you wasted so much volunteer time. You've probably doomed your future campaigns. What promises exactly did you make good on amongst all of this, Ron DeSantis? What do you oh. think, Francesca? I mean, even his concession video, his dropout video, which honestly, do it in front of a crowd if you want to have a political future. Get that moment where they all go, oh. Unless you imagine that you weren't gonna get that moment. Um, I think it's obviously it, what jumps out at you is why not wait till after New Hampshire? It makes more sense. But instead, it kind of shows some cowardice. Like he wasn't confident to go into New Hampshire still in the race. So there's that. But then you hear his tone, man. The dude's always been just like a sniveling, whiny, like 
PTA parent. Like he mm-hmm. is like a like you should vote for me because anyway, like he is so ungrateful and he is no Riz, as the kids say. In fact, he couldn't even have Riz with a child. He talked to a kid about ice cream and then was like, "That rots your teeth." Okay, Ugh. cool. Who are you? Doesn't. You're you're an effing dentist. Like well, he couldn't even have like a chat over a beer in a hotel with supporters who probably I don't know they paid to get in the room. Mm-hmm. So a lot of us saw this coming. I definitely did. But uh, goodbye, good riddance. Yeah. And I'm so sorry, Florida, that you still have this man as governor. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna revisit some of the low lights in a bit. But um, but I do want to say he got a lot wrong, obviously, about the country, the electorate running for office himself, Trump, the Republican base, how to campaign. He got so much wrong about so many different things. But he did kind of at least get this right in that I begrudgingly gave him advice last week and said, dude, you you got to get out as soon as you can. There's no <laughs> point in staying for a single day longer. Really? And he did take that advice, probably not from me. But like every day that he was in this race was bad for him. But at least he got out before more of those days happened because sure. New Hampshire would have been devastating for him. South Carolina would have been really bad for him. And if God help him, he had stayed around until Super Tuesday. I mean, that would be really, really, really bad. And I don't think that in four years, people will have forgotten how bad of a campaigner he he was, how uncharismatic he was, how much he seems to utterly despise human beings. <laughs> but at least he's preserved a small chance by getting out as soon as he did. Even though it is embarrassing to him that he lasted like 72 hours longer than Vivek Ramaswamy. Like that is not how he saw this thing going. But that said, along the way, there were a lot of fun moments. And so uh, producer Ashley put together a little fun video to remind us of the campaign that was. I'll tell you what he's got. I don't know if you heard of this, but he's got BDE. Anybody know what that means? Governor DeSantis just walked in. The place just erupted. Uh, He got a huge round of applause. By the way, there's a Michael Corleone sort of aspect. I don't mean that in a mafia way. I mean that in a he's patient and strategic. In the past, I think it's a great formula for DeSantis. He excels when he's challenged. Ron DeSanctimonious. I'm not. I'm not a candidate. DeSantis loves sticking his fingers where they don't belong. And we're not just talking about pudding. We are way behind, says a top DeSantis PAC official sounding the alarm. What happened? (laughs) The way to pronounce my last name, winner. That's not. That's not how you pronounce it. There's a few different ways, apparently. You can't even stand up for your own last name, bro. Mm. Just like... How is anyone going to get behind you? How? Just the whole thing was so utterly embarrassing. Like he and others, because, and I'm so glad that Ashley put in all of these. There was so much hype around his campaign, which wasn't just him hyping himself. It was lots of people thought, oh, you know, he does really own the libs. Okay. He had like a super majority in Florida. He can effectively do whatever he wants. So he wasted the state's time for years doing culture war stuff that he can easily do to attack the lips. Okay, how does that mean he's gonna be able to win over voters? How does that mean he's gonna be able to take on Trump? 
When has he ever engaged in an actual fight? We've seen him, you know, go in in debates up against um, Newsom or whatever, and he gets destroyed every single time. Right. When did he ever show himself to actually be strong? Not this caricature of strength where he did as governor, like effectively a Charlie Kirk monologue. Like, yes, you can insult the other side, and I'm sure lots of your base will like that or whatever. But that doesn't mean that you're savvy. It doesn't mean that you have charisma. It doesn't mean you can win people over, let alone take down the god emperor of the modern Republican Party. It just mm -hmm. seems in hindsight so <laughs> utterly ridiculous, the idea that he would be able to be the guy. I mean, I think Vivek Ramaswamy was a really interesting moment for Ron DeSantis. Because here you have a guy who has literally nothing politically to support him, um, doesn't have all this like awful legislation he could stand on, um, doesn't have his horrible track record like Ron DeSantis says, but he has the ability to sell hot air, right? He can sell mm -hmm. the culture war. He can be galvanizing and captivating and engaging. Like he has little zingers. He can like hold his own against Nikki Haley. Ron DeSantis in completely imploded in front of Nikki Haley. And of course, the inability. So I think Ramaswamy is really interesting because people were like, yeah, that's even more of a guy uh, that I would support. And yet, and you saw Fox News and all the right, like they really wanted DeSantis to be a thing. They really wanted him to be like a more couth, reined in um, MAGA, like, you know, uh, the, the carrying the MAGA torch. And he yeah. couldn't, and he's not. And I think a lot of even like liberals were like, I don't know, maybe he's gonna be more effective. No, he is mm -hmm. not. He is, he is, was, and has always been hot air. Yeah, and look, there there are massive personality flaws and all that that like lots of people either can't or don't want to identify. Like the fact that Donald Trump and Elon Musk are desperately needy. Like they just <laughs> so need everything. Please love us. Please think that I'm smart. Like that doesn't bother people for some reason, and I don't understand it. But there are other personality flaws, like just being really awkward and weird. That does stick out a little bit more, and Ron DeSantis very much has that. He's also desperate and arrogant and ambitious and all that, but he just he can't sell a message. He can't talk on camera. He can't sell a debate. He literally could not be trained over the course of months with multiple opportunities to smile like a human. Like, <laughs> and if you can't do that, man, how are you going to take down Donald Trump, a guy who has, according to certain weirdos, a version of charisma? It just wasn't going to work. But that said, we're talking about Trump and we do need to turn now to Donald Trump hearing this news, shaking up the race. Here is Donald Trump. Before we begin, I'd like to take time to congratulate Ron DeSantis and of course a really terrific person who had gotten to know his wife Casey for having run a great campaign for president. He did. He ran a a really good campaign, I will tell you. It's not easy. They think it's easy doing this stuff, right? It's not easy. But as you know, he left the campaign trail today at 3 p.m. And in so doing, he was very gracious and he endorsed me. So I appreciate it. Yes, Donald Trump reacting to the news that Ron DeSantis was pulling out of the race, congratulates him on a hard fought, smart, awesome campaign and thanks him for endorsing him and in so doing, proved Ron DeSantis right just six days ago when he said this. You can be the most worthless Republican in America, but if you kiss the ring, he'll say you're wonderful. Uh, evidently. 
<laughs> that was literally last week that he said that. Like, you can be dog s, and if you just say he's great, I love you. Yeah, evidently that's actually how it works. Yeah. And so he he pulled out of the race. He immediately ran to endorse Donald Trump, and we'll we'll talk a little bit more about the consequences of that later on. But instantly, Trump loves him now. He great smart campaign. He was mocking him a hundred times a day on True Social, but now it's hard fought. He was good at it all, um, and he's even pulling back on the insults. Here's a demonstration of that. He just said, "Will I be using the name Ron DeSanctimonious?" I said, "That name is officially retired." <laughs> Okay, it's it's retired. It probably should have been to start with because nobody ever understood what that name was supposed to get across. I don't even know what DeSanctis was. A lot of weird made up names that, that weren't particularly strong, but he's no longer going to insult him. Okay, why? Because he bent the knee, he kissed the ring, he licked his boots, that's it. Doesn't matter that they were fighting, doesn't matter that they were absolutely vicious to each other. So we're not gonna hear De Sanctimonious anymore. I assume we're not gonna hear Meatball Ron anymore. Remember so when he was insulting De Sanctis's <laughs> Italian heritage? We're not gonna hear that anymore. Oh, We're probably not gonna hear any more of when they were literally accusing his wife, Casey DeSantis, of breaking the law by committing voter fraud. Remember when Trump just mentioned her? They were implying that she was doing the same sort of stuff that Biden and his camp were. Um, I'm assuming we're not gonna have any more of the memes of how DeSantis was a pedophile who was grooming high school girls anymore. Look, Sad. I know that this is how it works in politics, and maybe they're the mature ones that they can just move on from all that. But they were viciously attacking each other, implying the most evil and immoral of acts. And now, no, 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 just you know, vote for vote for Trump. I guess I endorse him. And oh no, thank you, that's great. I don't, I don't hate you anymore. Um, you're not an idiot. You're not a moron. You're not uh, anti maga or whatever. And you're right back in. So I guess, I guess that's unity, Francesca. I mean, we've seen worse in terms of Trump completely owning his enemies and former primary contestants. I think calling Ted Cruz's dad the Zodiac Killer while also calling his wife, I don't know, a dog or some just ugly, ugly. and then have him having a photo of Ted Cruz phone banking. I mean, it's beautiful. We can only hope we get some Ron DeSantis phone banking for Donald Trump. And I do think that the mention of his wife is a little bit of a like anyway I know his wife, right? Like it's a little cucky, you know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. Well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, look, they did the voter fraud thing, but there was that vague thing that they never really followed up on, but that like they were implying there's something about Casey DeSantis. I literally don't even know what that was supposed to be, <laughs> just like but they were definitely implying something, but no, it's all good. And Ron DeSantis is going to bend the knee. And for the rest of his life, Casey DeSantis is gonna not remember any of that stuff or have utterly lost respect for her husband over the fact that he's now bowing down to the guy who was implying all that stuff about her. I don't understand these people. These people also are that Ron was gay? unhuman. Remember that? Oh, yeah, that no, no, no. yeah, he's also gay, by the way. He's, gay, he's yeah. both a pedophile of high school girls and also a gay guy. Yeah. But we're moving past it. He wants to not be on the outs with the party. He's desperate to. Because here's what's going on. This is the subtext of all this. Ron DeSantis still thinks he's gonna make this happen. He's mm. gonna make it happen in 2028 or whatever. Mm. And the only way that he could potentially do that is if Donald Trump doesn't absolutely destroy him with the MAGA base. So that is what he's attempting to do. 
But again, what the MAGA base wants is strength. And so all of these guys in the past who bow down to Trump, the you know, or or try to just bide their time, the Ted Cruz's and all that. How did that work out for them? The Chris Christie's, how did that work out? You guys wanted to be tough guys, that didn't work. So then you bow down for several years to Trump and what? The base now loves you and you're gonna be the successor? No, they consider you to be political cucks. That's what they believe and that's what you were doing. So why wouldn't they? Why are they gonna go for a Ron DeSantis in four years when an idiot like Ramaswamy can just sweep in, yell a bunch of conspiracy theories and get like half the support of Ron DeSantis in your 100%, exactly. Donald Trump's, uh, I mean, he's always exposed the weakness of this party and also the weakness of the media and the weakness of our supple little milky brains, which is you can come in there and just lie as much as you want, say the most outrageous thing. You will get cameras and microphones in your face and more followers than anyone. So yeah, if we see Ron DeSantis again, it's gonna be with a whole new cue over. (laughs) <laughs> it took me a second to get what you mean, but I like it. I like the terminology. In any event, we're trying to do a little bit of catch up. We do have a lot more to talk about, including about a little bit more Ron DeSantis. But more importantly, it's now down to Donald Trump and Nikki Haley. So we're going to get into that after this. Okay, everybody, let's continue with this. I signed a pledge to support the Republican nominee, and I will honor that pledge. He has my endorsement because we can't go back to the old Republican guard of yesteryear, a repackage formed of warmed over corporatism that Nikki Haley represents. The days of putting Americans last, of kowtowing to large corporations, of caving to woke ideology are over. Well put together little speech, barely stumbled at all. And I would say that the the makeup look very natural, no notes on that. That totally looks like a natural amount of foundation that he slathered under his eyeballs. But anyway, <laughs> um, let's cut him some slack. He's been he's crying, been crying. For several yeah. days. <laughs> so I understand that. But anyway, uh, Ron DeSantis has dropped out. He dropped out right before the New Hampshire primary. And that is gonna be consequential because apparently more of his supporters are likely to go to Trump as their second choice than to Nikki Haley, which seems weird. They're both like an alternative to Trump, but that's what it is. So. Is that does that mean that Nikki Haley is now doomed in New Hampshire, or can New Hampshire still represent a turning point in this race? It has done that in the past, where a candidate in the Republican primary will win Iowa, but then or and then a different one will win New Hampshire mm-hmm. and go on to win the whole thing. Here's actually a summary from Axios of where that has happened. It's it actually happens quite a bit. I mean, literally, that is what Donald Trump did back in 2016. So. Mm-hmm. Could that be the case here, or is this, I guess, the 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 final, you know, uh, like stone that that she won't be able to bear the weight of? What do you think? I, I don't see her going past, obviously, South Carolina. She's got to stay in for, uh, but beyond much beyond that, I don't see it. I think, I think I'm stuck on Ron DeSantis calling her a warmed over corporatist. Um, I understand that she has, you know, ideas like we shouldn't completely ban abortion. No, 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 not that we shouldn't, but I couldn't get it passed because of the makeup of Congress, which is not saying you wouldn't want to. Um, But it's incredible to me that people like DeSantis, people like Trump still convince their voter base that they're not corporatists, that they don't believe in kowtowing to the free hand of the market and whatever. It's like, are you kidding me? You guys are the ones 
your Supreme Court is enacting all kinds of things in favor of corporations, whether it's union busting, whether it's um, you know keeping loopholes open and whatnot, um, making it easier to deregulate when it comes to the environment or in the EPA's ability to regulate, all that kind of stuff is pro corporate. To say nothing of the tax breaks that Donald Trump and every single Republican oversaw during his time, like what is so important for us is to they hate corporations because corporations have like a diversity program that they were forced to have after 30 years of only having white people in power. Like that's what they're mad at. But in terms of the money, they love corporations and are nothing but a party that has been designed to funnel money from working people upward. That's it. That's 100%. all they do. It's so ridiculous because it's like I, I get I get the image of like the iceberg. We're like below the surface, you have two different icebergs. You have the, the warmed over corporatism, then you have the populace, and below the water, it's exactly the same. Right. It's deregulation, it's massive tax cuts. But above the surface, the populist side distracts from that with really aggressive, toxic, anti-immigrant, anti-LGBTQ, anti-abortion rhetoric. And then on the other iceberg, she mostly also does that. I don't know what the difference is supposed <laughs> yeah, to be. Yeah. She does it a little bit less. And they will do a little bit more of what counts as being anti-elite, anti-corporate, which is like, Disney shouldn't have had that gay kiss. Yep. Or this corporation shouldn't hire one diversity officer. Oh, that's a big threat to corporate control of our politics. It is the it is such obvious transparent distractions. It is what can we criticize about corporations that poses no threat whatsoever to the stranglehold that they have on our politics? Yes. While getting into office to give them everything they want economically. But then we'll criticize Nikki Haley because she would do those exact same things, but she maybe is 5% better on abortion. There right. is so little And she's choice. a woman and a person of color, and even though she continually Definitely. wants you to not think about that. 100%. It is just like if you are a conservative and you're watching this, like I, I feel on some level, I feel bad for you the way you are being deceived by your politicians and by your media. None of what they're saying is true about being anti anti Trump is literally a billionaire, you fools. How do you not understand this? And you're hearing your anti-elite, anti-corporate message from multi-millionaires. All these suits, and it doesn't matter if it's Tucker Carlson or if it's Ben Shapiro, they are all incredibly wealthy people being yes. paid by those with the most in our economy to maintain the status quo. And some of them distract you in ways that are more fun and more toxic and more meany than others. But it's to get into office to accomplish the exact same policy goals. And most of those goals are not doing anything, just maintaining the, the elevated position that these economic elites and corporations have over our society. Maintaining the status quo is not as cool and revolutionary as they make it you think it is, just because occasionally they talk about microwaving your balls, okay? They're, they want you to microwave your balls so that they can have massive tax cuts, okay? Mm -hmm. And I don't know, maybe and it feels good And then not give briefly. you affordable healthcare, raise the exactly. price of healthcare. Exactly, you. and you're gonna need the healthcare because so of your microwave balls. balls. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, by the way, the polling does not look great for Nikki Haley as of uh, the most recent polling. This is a uh, uh, Monmouth poll. She is uh, she is gained, okay, but she's still down by like 18 points to Donald Trump. But you know what? We're going to be doing live coverage tomorrow, so you can definitely uh, tune in. Uh, Anna Kasparian, myself, Francesca is going to be there as well. Jordan Ewell, Wozni, Wozni Lombre, Rivana, and Michael Shore. 
That's tomorrow, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific time. We'll be doing live reactions and analysis to everything that happens and all of what it means for the GOP primary and the general election from there. So definitely tune in. And with that said, let's jump into a little bit more fun, starting with this. You called her Nimbra in a post the other day. Why do you do that? Well, I do that with a lot of people like Hutchinson. I mean, he was polling at zero for about one year. And I called him, rather than Asa, I called him Ada Hutchinson. And it just felt good to me. That is about as honest as Donald Trump has ever been. It just felt good to say something stupid and nonsensical. Now, bear in mind, he is also, while being honest, doing a massive evasion there. Because he went to a nickname that's stupid, but one of the ones that's not explicitly racist. Okay, Asa, Ada, okay, you changed a letter. But why with Nikki Haley did Nimarata become Nim Nimara or whatever and then Nimbra? Okay. Why is that? There seems to be a particular flavor here. Let's see, let's see. It's a little bit of a takeoff on her name, you know, her name wherever she may come from, but it's just What do you mean by that? What do you mean? It's a little bit of a takeoff. I look at her name, I look at a lot of people. You know, I do a lot of names for people like Pocahontas. She said, my mother said I look like an Indian, so I started calling her Pocahontas. Some people say I'm very good at that, but I can't get into too many because many of those people that I named like that are Republicans and we don't want to bring that up. But no, it's just, it's a takeoff. I have fun with it. And sometimes to tell you the truth, it's a very effective tool. So look, Brett Baer is actually asking about this. That's more critical than normally the questions he gets. But Jesus Christ, how do you not immediately ask the follow-up? What the hell are you talking about wherever she's from? Now he did, he tried. Well, he asked the original question and then Trump said, it's a playoff her name, wherever, wherever she's from. Who's to say, I don't know, somewhere foreign though, somewhere exotic and strange. Uh, all that whole explanation was just, I make racist nicknames for people. Exactly. And, my, and, and, some and people it's very love effective. It. It's very Who effective. Knew? I don't know why, but my base loves the racist nicknames I come up with. I don't know what that says about them. Maybe nothing, maybe something. Yes, it's we just, all it's racism. know. That's all it is. It's racism. Yeah. I don't know why we have to get into this argument about what it is. He knows exactly what it is and why he's doing it. Brett Baer knows it. All of the racists watching that Fox News interview and laughing about it at home know exactly why they're laughing about it. She is Indian in their mind and thus deserves to be mocked. End of story. That's the entire thing. And no one needs to learn a lesson from this because everybody already understands it, except perhaps for Nikki Haley, who continues to insist that we are not a racist nation as she is tarred in a racist fashion day after day after day in this primary. Well, and she can't. She can't say it is racist to attack my first name like that and to say that, you know, by getting it wrong, you're, you, you know, you're ginning up support. Uh, for your base by mocking me. Like she cannot say that because her entire, if she said that, if this is what Republicans hate is when you point out their racism, they want to be racist. They want to, they want to be white nationalists, white supremacists. They want to uh, have white men always be on top. They don't like, they block, they hate uh, 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 any kind of equality. They can't deal with it. But if you name it, if you say, hey, I see what you're doing. It seems like this is racism. They're like, oh, what? No, it's not. 
Mm-hmm. And they were like, no, no, but you're the one saying it. I'm just repeating your words back to you. This is a call and response thing. So yeah. it's just wild to me because Nikki would be viciously turned on if she named that what's happening is racist. Look at Hillary Clinton, right? Naming that some of the sexist, a lot of the sexist attacks were her. And everyone was like, oh my God, what is so woke? What are you doing? You're like, oh no, identity politics. Oh, just yeah. playing identity politics as if white nationalism is not also identity politics. Yeah, and by the way, you you were talking the hypothetical that if she were to do that, and granted, she's not doing that. She will not point at the crowd and be like, you guys clearly like this stuff. But she did a tiny version of it. She said recently that she was teased every day for being brown growing up in South Carolina. And Cat Turd joined every other oh right winger on Twitter in saying, oh, FFS, give me a break. Yes, the idea that decades ago in South Carolina, a young Indian girl might be mocked for her skin color and race. That's so hard to believe. It's literally happening right now on a national stage in 2024. But oh, give me a break. By the way, on Twitter, you know what's trending? Pocahontas. Why? Because we live in a crazy country and the fact that she acknowledged that she was the target of racism. And that is so ridiculous that they are now photoshopping her to look like their caricature of what they think a Native American Indian might look like or something. And then like I cannot tell you how many accounts right now, including Republican accounts with millions of followers are making fun of her in this way. Because she acknowledged that she had been the target of racism and that's ridiculous. So ridiculous that we need to mock her in a racist fashion. And again, coming out of it, She's gonna have to pretend that this isn't the case. She's gonna have to pretend that Donald Trump and all of his followers aren't intentionally mocking and minimizing her in a racist fashion. And she will not acknowledge it now. And she also won't acknowledge it in a couple of months when she endorses Donald Trump for the presidency. After, again, he argued that she isn't even qualified to run for office. Like mm-hmm. every other non-white candidate who's run against him, oh, what do you know? He's found an excuse for why they're not allowed to be president. But again, not a racist country, not a racist movement. <sighs> this is the party. That's the party that she's running for. It's insane. There were so many tweets that I thought about bringing in here, and I honestly don't even want to show them on the show. But that is what they're having fun with. And by the way, it was muddled a little bit. Because there were other people running for office against him. Now it's just Nikki Haley. You have no idea how racist and misogynistic this is about to get. If she stays in for Super Tuesday, it is going to be wild how insulting and offensive they get. But everyone prepare for that. Now we need to take our second break of the hour because we are running low on time. But when we get back, Nikki Haley is taking a few shots at Donald Trump. And we're gonna show that to you after this. Okay, everyone, let's jump right back into it. You know, I don't know if you saw, but a few months ago, I took a cognitive test. My doctor gave me, I said, give me a cognitive test just so we can, you know, because you know what the standards were. And I aced it. I also took one when I was in, but I also took one when I was in the White House. No, I'll let you know when I go bad. I really think I'll be able to tell you because someday we go bad. Yeah, I think I'll be able to tell you actually, and I think we're there. Take a look at this. By the way, they never report the crowd on January 6th. You know, Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley, you know, they did you know they destroyed all of the information, all of the evidence, everything, deleted and destroyed all of it, all of it because of lots of things like Nikki Haley 
is in charge of security. We offered her 10,000 people, soldiers, National Guard, so whatever they want. They turned it down. They don't want to talk about that. And by the way, they don't work well in cold weather. And they don't go far. That's true. They don't go far. But it's certainly not uh, great for your climb. Your climb, they call it climate. No, they, they, they just call it climate. I don't know why you can't call it that. We all landed on that as the word that we say a long time ago. So that's a small thing. That's We just expect that he's not gonna be able to say words anymore. But the thing with Nikki Haley, Nancy Pelosi, he said it over and over and over again. There's no connection or overlap between those two people in any way, particularly about this subject. There is no explanation for why he would think that name, except that his brain is garbage. His brain is fungus ridden, like warmed over filth. That's all it is. It's not, it's not capable of performing the normal functions that a brain would. Um, all it does is just throw up some terms that kind of are about politics that have nothing to do with each other, and he spits them out. And so if you are a conservative and you're watching this right now, what is your excuse for that? And also at the same time, because I'm gonna try to inspire a little bit of consistency out of you. If Joe Biden had done that, what would you be saying about him? What would Joe Rogan be saying about Biden if he had done that? Mm -hmm. Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley, it's Pelosi, you utter moron. She was in your administration. She was the governor of South Carolina. Nancy Pelosi was a speaker and a congresswoman for literally decades. There's no overlap there, Francesca. What are we supposed to make of this? Uh, I mean, I think the right would say, uh, well, your guy is in more mental decline than my guy, but my, like, that, that is what we're being left with just two, like, melty brain octogenarians, one of whom is going to be the last president we have uh, succeeded by, I don't know, Stephen Miller. It would be sort of like <laughs> a, a tri power sharing agreement between Stephen Miller and the Trump children. Uh, and then Biden, right? Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it doesn't matter to them, right? It's the same thing with the racism. The like, but but the mental acuity is really going real quick, and it's yeah. like, nah, it doesn't. And they don't care if it was Pelosi or Nikki Haley. It's deep state, right? Whatever it is, it's just deep state. That's what they want you to think. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, it's just I don't know. I really love hating a woman. Just tell me a woman to hate. And you could just put her into whatever fictional scenario you want, and I'll hate her for that thing that she didn't do or whatever. It's just, he's just trying to get the Hillary Clinton thing going. So honestly, maybe it wasn't a slip up. Maybe he's just like, no, I'm just going to insert her into whatever. Right. Like, you remember back in the 90s when Nikki Haley was married to Bill Clinton and he made her look so ridiculous? Don't you hate Nikki Haley for that? Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. it's coming, everyone, prepare for it. Yeah, I, he's, Bernie Sanders is older than Donald Trump and Joe Biden. Bernie Sanders' brain does not leak out of his ears. This is not a necessary thing, by the way. There no. are people that are just as old, if not older than them, who are perfectly capable of not mixing up two random figures and in fact can still articulate policies. Now, I may not agree with him on all of these policies. Lately, he said some stuff about Israel I don't necessarily agree with, but but Jesus Christ, man, like this was not the road we had to go down. There are people out there who are far more serious and they know what country they're in and what year it is. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I don't, it's not an ageist thing at all. It is both their politics are incredibly, I mean, one is, 
their their politics are bad. Like in my opinion, Biden's politics are old, but also I have parents in their 80s and like they just repeat themselves over and over and over again. I don't like I love you all my parents, <laughs> uh but like I have I have some step parents as well, but like I wouldn't really want you to be president and you know, so anyway, but that obviously that's beside the point. Yeah, it just like I Lee Stefanik was asked about that and she pretended that it wasn't an issue, it wasn't a slip or whatever. Because again, reality is utterly irrelevant to these people. These people are desperate to be in power or at least in close proximity to power. And so the more Donald Trump just melts away into protoplasm, they have to pretend that that's what strength is. That's alpha male. Being an alpha male is having no idea who anyone is or what they've done. But anyway, Nikki Haley is at least stepping up a little bit to criticize him. So let's jump right into some of that. He claimed that Joe Biden was gonna get us into World War II. I'm assuming he meant World War III. He said that he ran against President Obama. He never ran against President Obama. He says that I'm the one that kept security from from the Capitol on January 6th. I was nowhere near the Capitol on January 6th. Those are all true things that Trump has said that make no sense whatsoever. And they are an indication of the continuing cognitive decline, which did not start this year, by the way. Trump's brains have been rotting away in his skull for a long time. And by the way, she was fine with that while she was serving in his administration. But now that it's just a two person race, Donald Trump and Nikki Haley, she is stepping up a little bit to criticize him. And beyond just citing those examples there, she did also recently say in an interview, He's just quote, not at the same level he was at at 2016. I think we're seeing some of that decline. Mm. And that is about as strong of a criticism as we've seen from anyone running up against him other than Chris Christie. And before we jump into our conversation, it isn't just on the mental decline stuff. She also brought up this, I think, common criticism of Donald Trump. He congratulated China's President Xi. A dozen times after China gave us COVID, he congratulated the Chinese um, Communist Party on their 70th anniversary. We don't congratulate the Communist Chinese Party. I remember at the United Nations, mm-hmm. I had to sit him down and tell him to stop this bromance with Putin. I mean, you can't have someone who's trying to buddy up with dictators that want to kill us. Instead, you have to let them know what we expect of them. Those are all perfectly acceptable criticisms. I do love the the way that she said it was, you can't have someone who buddies up with dictators. I want everyone to bear that in mind in a couple of months when she decides that we can have someone who buddies up with dictators and endorses Donald Trump for president. So bear that in mind. But for right now, Francesca, she is coming out kind of swinging. She is, I mean, she that is more criticism and more specific criticism than we've heard from any Republican trying to go up against him maybe ever, right? This is not just like, I think we're ready for something new. We need new energy, don't hate me base. It's like, no, I'm gonna be very specific about something that he's done that endangers our country. And that's buddying up to dictators. And the bromance with Putin was hilarious and great. And yeah, and I, I like, honestly, like big ovary energy out of Nikki Haley. I disagree with her politically on so many things, but at least she's calling him out. And honestly, while we're at calling Trump out on China and his supposed anti-China BS, he also took $5.5 million from China, the like I think Chinese businessmen during his time in office. We just found this out thanks to Representative Jamie Raskin. So who's taking money from China? Donald Trump is, but of course, You'll never hear that on Fox News. 
You'll never hear that from any right winger's mouth while they simultaneously say that we're like, uh, you know, we're beholden to China. No, no, your president is beholden to China. 100%. Yeah, the exact same situation. If that money had gone to Hunter Biden, it would be the biggest news story of the year. Oh, Donald Trump took millions from the Chinese. I guess that's probably fine. In any event, um, oh, we are running low on time. Um, I, I will just conclude by saying that we are we are really going to see if our read of the Nikki Haley presidential run has been right. Is she going to go down with the ship? And by that I mean actually try to beat him, which would necessitate this level of criticism and more day after day, trying to chip away at him, trying to get some of those former Ron DeSantis voters to support her, or is she gonna begin to pull her punches? Is she gonna signal that maybe she's just waiting until she can pull out before Super Tuesday to help Donald Trump out a little bit? You know, and maybe in return she gets to be VP or something. Everyone stay tuned to find out. In any event, any other final comment before we close this thing out? No, come see me live on Saturday, January 27th at SF Sketchfest doing stand up with Nato Green, Dialectamina Ryanin, and Corinda Dobbins. It'll be so good. Lost Church, there's still tickets left. No more tickets for the Bituation Room on Sunday, but Saturday, actual jokes written down that I perform, <laughs> and hopefully exactly. it'll be good. And a reminder, by the way, that when she comes on and pitches a live uh, taping of her show, you gotta jump on those things. You gotta jump on them. Because they will sell out and then maybe you miss the opportunity. In any event, another reminder for those of you who might just be listening to the podcast, uh, tomorrow we will be doing live coverage of the New Hampshire primary results. I'll be there, Francesca will be there, and a lot of other uh, people that you know and love from the TYT network will be responding um, as it happens. Maybe there will be a big Nikki Haley upset and this thing will drag out for a little bit longer. Maybe she'll get absolutely creamed and she'll concede later that night. And maybe we'll be able to respond to that live. In any event, that's it for the first hour of the show. Thank you everyone who's been listening and watching. If you are watching live though, there is more to come in the aftermath, including some updates on the situation with Israel and Gaza. And also was the Wizard of Oz like mostly done to help Satan? We'll dive into the evidence after this. Many of you wrote in that no, what Dorothy did was manslaughter. She accidentally killed the witch, making her not that bad of a person. So what I'm gonna do for this comment section is I'm going to take you through what really took place in this scene after again, Dorothy murdered somebody's sister and then stole her shoes, stole her red bottoms. That is Candace Owens speaking in an incredibly serious tone about the research she's done into the dark underpinnings of the Wizard of Oz. And this is the sort of thing that for anyone else, you would easily just say, this is a joke or whatever. But everything she says is so utterly deranged that it's hard to really know. So let's hear her out and then we'll comment. Before the Wicked Witch, if that's what we're calling her, shows up, the munchkins, Oompa Loompas, whatever you want to call them, are throwing a party while there is a dead person under a house and they're skipping with Dorothy saying, ding dong, the witch is dead. Well, there's a dead person at center, right? There's somebody that's dead and they're dancing and saying, witch, oh, witch, the wicked witch. Obviously, this is some sort of a satanic ritual. So I want to make that clear. If they're having a satanic ritual, it's the only reason we would have a dead person and dance around them. Okay, so this, again, this should be satire or a joke, but it just goes on and on. 
and it doesn't seem like it is. So I'm gonna take it as seriously as she is taking it. I will extend her the olive branch of assuming that she is as serious about this stupid thing as she pretends to be. And I just wanna briefly say, the wicked witch, if that's what we're calling her, what are you implying? That you think it's unfair for her to be called that? She's objectively a witch, so that can't be what you you have a problem with. So are you implying that she's not in fact wicked? That she has been unfairly smeared by the corporate media? What point are you making? And also, the munchkins, Oompa Loompas, whatever you want to call them. Well, I don't want to call them Oompa Loompas because that's not what they are. Yeah. And honestly, if you're not sure whether they're munchkins or Oompa Loompas, I'm not sure I buy how much research you've done before providing this thesis for us online. But Francesca, what do you think? Um, first of all, She's just talking about the plot to the Broadway musical Wicked, which resuscitates <laughs> the image of the Wicked Witch. I've never even seen that that uh, play, but I know that that's the backstory. It's the backstory of the Wicked Witch. Is she really that wicked? Oh no, she's just like you know misunderstood. So Candace just is just ripping off of the musical Wicked, but then also like. I don't know what we're doing here. I feel like she's trying to do an MLK Jr. reversal, but on the mm -hmm. fictional story of the Wizard of Oz and calling it satanic. No, if we're really gonna, let's go with her on this, as you said. No, the witch, generally, when you talk about satanic rituals, witches are around, witches historically in <laughs> satanic like uh, uh, myths and stories. They like work with demons and goblins and all that. That's the witch. So if anything, Glenda and the Munchkins or the Oompa Loompas or whatever, they, those are like the non-satanic people. And finally, if you're looking at it from a power analysis, yeah, they're celebrating because the Wicked Witch has been terrorizing them for forever and they're finally rid of her. And yeah. also, by the way, litigating this murder, she didn't. She didn't steer the house. You don't remember the scene where she's like, I'm gonna get a witch and she's like <laughs> trying to land the house on the witch. No, it was an accident. Yeah, it's not a smart house, you know, equipped <laughs> with like JDM technology from the United States. It just kind of dropped or whatever. That's a, it's uh, a and dumb by the house. way, if Wizard was if the Wizard of Oz was real and these witches were really flowing around, you know that every one of these right wingers would support them. Now they would occasionally criticize them, saying that like, you know, the the flying monkeys have a DEI officer or whatever, but they would still <laughs> be supporting low taxes for witches. Let's be clear about that. <laughs> Um, but, but anyway, uh, look, many of you are probably saying, why are we focusing on this? Well, there's the there's a fun reason, then there's a serious reason that I wanted to talk about this. Fun reason is we have to bear in mind, and I need you to take this seriously. While Candace Owens doesn't mean anything that she says, all of this is grift. I mean, for all of them it is, but for her, it's a little bit more transparent. Um, she is talking to people who believe that some of this stuff is utterly real. They believe that satanic rituals are really being done. Candace Owens doesn't believe anything that she just said about munchkins or Oompa Loompas or whatever you want to call them. But there are people who believe, no, Hollywood is having actual satanic rituals. And there are people who believe that there are real witches, like real witches that cast real spells. Yeah. Um, we are surrounded by people who, you know, they shop at Walmart, you know, alongside us or whatever, and believe that this stuff is real. And she is knowingly playing into that, encouraging them to think of the Hollywood elites as being affiliated with these evil forces.
And then I want to transition briefly to why I actually want to talk about this, which is if we were to believe that there are actual rituals being committed to appease the most fundamental evil forces in our society, I don't think it would be munchkins dancing next to a body. You know what I think it would be? I think it would be the earth and you know America as well being struck by like a once in a century plague. And lots of people getting sick and hundreds of thousands of people dying. And then miraculously, quickly, a vaccine is developed, a vaccine that appears to work. And that miraculously, even a guy like Donald Trump, who hasn't given a damn about stopping people from getting COVID, decides to support that maybe people can take this and stop dying. And he tells that to Candace Owens, saying that it's one of the greatest achievements of mankind. And then she spends the next couple of days trying to convince people to not pay attention to Trump. Her commitment to her followers being defenseless against COVID was stronger than her commitment to Donald Trump and the MAGA movement. She was so committed to people still being totally able to get sick from COVID to die from COVID. And she spent years encouraging them to put all of their attention, hope and faith into BS non cures. And many of them lost their lives as a result of that. That is just simply by the numbers indisputable. I would posit to you that that is what Satan would actually want. If there was a fundamental evil demonic force, tons of people being lied to by those they trust and follow into needlessly dying and getting sick and spending the rest of their life struggling with long COVID. I think that's slightly more up the alley of a demon than some munchkins dancing next to an actor who's laying on the ground. Yeah, and but briefly, you know, another demonic thing you could say, like, you know, hypothetically, uh, um, letting uh, a person who wants to be a mom uh, bleed out in their car from being unable to access a safe abortion. Uh, and then um, after narrowly escaping death, not ever being allowed to or able to have children again because their uterus has been so terribly damaged from that trauma. That might be demonic or evil or even satanic, but you know, where is that happening except for every red state across this country? 